Welcome to the Jason Wojo Podcast, eight-figure advertiser, marketer, speaker, and mentor who has scaled 50-plus brands to seven and eight figures. Jason went from culinary school dropout to millionaire by the age of 24 and has been featured in major news outlets such as Entrepreneur Magazine, New York Weekly's 30 Under 30, IMDb, NBC, ABC, Fox, and many more. After spending over $10 million on paid ads across various channels and generating his clients and himself over $50 million online, this podcast serves as a beacon to all listeners as a way to educate and give business owners around the world tactical ways to scale their business and make more money. Jason has also built the biggest personal brand online for paid advertising with over 1.1 million followers and has an entire content team posting on Instagram nine to 10 times every single day. Make sure you tune in every Monday and Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern for new episodes and subscribe below and give a five-star review if you like today's episode or a previous one. With that said, let's get right into today's episode. All right, what's going on today, guys? Welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Dan Henry, the founder of GetClients.com and the author of the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling book, Digital Millionaire Secrets. Dan has sold over $25 million in online consulting and education while helping entrepreneurs sell their high-ticket advice and services online. This company has helped thousands of entrepreneurs sell their high-ticket coaching online and has been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur Business Insider, and more. And he is also known for closing $1 million in a single day from stage. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, how you doing? Glad to Good, be man. here. Yep. I appreciate you hopping on. Um, and we were just speaking before about like kind of the two paths that you've gone on, which is coaching and then how to think talk, uh, how to think.com. So I kind of want to go into that. So why are you leaving the coaching space? Well, I, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm putting my, I'm not necessarily leaving the coaching space. I'm, I'm creating a new product. That's just a little bit different. Uh, and you know, I, I love what I do at getclients.com. We're going to continue to run that company, but I have a new project that is, uh, and here, here's, the, I'll tell you what, uh, I've been doing this for a long time. I've, I have over 1100 high ticket clients. You know, most people that, that, that's a tall order to say 11, 1100. I mean, that, that's a lot. Uh, and these are 1100 people that have paid me over $10,000 for coaching. Because we have offers that range from ten thousand to uh, one hundred thousand, and in terms of people who have paid, you know, five hundred bucks, fifty bucks, thousand dollars, we have over fifteen thousand of them. So that said, I think you know I have a pretty good grasp on what holds people back, and I can say unequivocally that you know. Most people believe that what holds them back is a marketing tactic, a funnel, a this or a that. Uh, and the truth is, it's none of that. It is 100% their mindset, and not just their mindset, but how they process information, information, how they make decisions, and how they implement and execute strategy. Um, I would tell you that on, on coaching calls that I've, that I've had, 99.9% of the time, I do not get a marketing or business question. I get a mindset question. It's like, give you an example. You, 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 you better than anybody know, know the Facebook ad world, right? So if somebody says to you, 
hey, um, Jason, I spent $10 on this ad and I haven't got any sales yet. What do I do? I'm, it's just, it's not working. What, is that an actual, is that an actual business or marketing question? No, it's because no, they're it not, pa- yeah, yeah, yeah. They're patience. not, yeah, they're not patient enough to, and right. plus it's only $10. So, <laughs> right, exactly. It's, yeah. So, so if you don't fix the entire reason why your brain just processed the information for you to even ask that question, that's the problem, not the ad. Right, because that is going to trickle down into every other aspect of your business, your life, your relationships, everything. If you if, if you expect to have an ad after ten dollars when it's not even fully attributed yet, freaking, then you have these wild expectations. You have a patience issue. You have way more issues than freaking Facebook ads. And that's the thing is is is, and I'll be honest with you. You know, our cheapest product is like ten grand. So I, I, I went back and I said to myself, you know, I would really, because I, I live in downtown St. Pete. You, you live right across the pond in Tampa. We got to get together sometime, by the way. Um, but I get stopped on the street all the time down here. And they say, hey, are you Dan Henry? You help, you know, you help uh, change my life. And I always think it's maybe one of my high ticket clients, right? But more often than not, it's somebody that's either bought something cheap from me or back in the day when I was more mass market or they, they just watched my YouTube videos. And it really got me thinking. And I was just like, you know what? I don't want to just help people that can pay 10 or 50 or $100,000 for, for advice. Um, so I, I decided one day that, and it, this is what happened. I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a cannabis user. I have a medical card. I'm a cannabis advocate. So I got really stoned one, one night. <laughs> and and uh, I was like, dude, how amazing would it be if I created this like app, right? And I recorded a five minute audio and it just dripped and people could download the app and they could get a daily mindset mentoring session from me every day. And, and you know, it just drips out. And then like, there's business, like, it's all audio, right? So you can do it while you're on a walk, at the gym, whatever. And I just taught people how to think because that's the freaking problem. People don't know how to think, not what to think how to think. And so I, I, I go to GoDaddy and I'm like, this, this, this is not going to be available. And I type in howtothink.com and it was available as a premium domain for three grand, three grand. And I was like, all right, that's a sign. So I bought it. Uh, we, we've been working on this app. It looks beautiful. It, it's insane. It's just, it's great. We have a beta group right now going through it. They love it. Uh, and I'm going to make it super, super affordable. We're probably going to launch it for seven bucks a month, but eventually it'll be like, you know, it'll still be cheap, like 29, but I just, I just want everybody to be able to afford and not, and not just have it be like people who can afford five, 10, 15, $20,000. I want everybody able to be able to get help for an affordable price. So yeah. really yeah, what this is, yeah, it's yeah plus it price. plus it gets more people in your ecosystem too. Are you planning on like selling other high ticket stuff on the back end of that or just having no, that front end off? No. Okay. No, I am gonna send a middle finger to the industry and say, I and I get it. Listen, I understand the narrative. I understand the narrative. Oh, you know, the front end is for amateurs and the back end is I get it, but I've dude, I made I was at a million dollars a month with very good margins on a 997 product for a while. And I had no back end. And I, I bought a mansion. I bought all this stuff. And, and so don't tell me 
that the front end is for amateurs. Maybe it, it may, maybe for most people, but I believe that I can make low ticket great again. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's still a lot of like even clients I work with in my own low ticket that's still profitable. And it's, I mean, there's a lot of businesses like you obviously understand this, that will lose money on the front end to make money on the back end. But when you're running a subscription model like that, like, yeah, you might lose money for the first month or two if you're running paid ads, but like, you're going to make way more money in the, in the long yeah. run. Well, we, we've, 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 we've gamified it. We've put in some stuff for like massive retention and, and referral. So my goal is to um, basically make it like the Netflix of personal development. And I won't. You will not hear the word funnel from me ever in these audios. It is, it is, uh, it is mindset. And then there's also a business aspect, but it's like high level business. The last thing I, I'm going to be honest, the last thing I want to do, talk, talk about in that business is internet marketing. There's no internet marketing in that. It's more like high level business thinking and decisions. Cause that's what really drives the machine. You know, yeah. that that's the real the real secret to it. So. so to the, to the mindset part, I mean, like, do you just think it's the way people are brought up or do you think it's like just limiting beliefs that people have or that like people think that like, there's like real tangents about this, like rich people are assholes. And like, when I make more money, I'm going to leave this amount of people behind and like, people are going to look at me differently. So like, what do you think is the biggest reason why? Because like, they know the goal is obtainable. Like they see it online, they, they, they see other people doing it. So it's like, what do you think is the biggest limiting belief? Well, I can tell you that right now. Like, first of all, if you think somebody's an asshole and you've never met them, you're the asshole. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so that's number one. Uh, but, but so here's the thing, right? What people have to understand is, is and this is going to sound a little weird. You're not you. Okay. You, 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 you're walking around in this body. You got your hands, you got your arms, you're navigating your consciousness through life. But what people don't realize is, is unless you intentionally challenge your thinking in your program, you're not really a unique individual because the, like if you grow up and you're say a Christian or you're a Muslim or you're a Republican or you're a Democrat or whatever, it's probably because your parents were, your friends were, and that's just where you grew up. Why do you think people that grow up in the Middle East are generally Muslim? Why do you think people that grow up in, um, America are generally Christian or in some parts they're uh, 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 Mormon or, or whatever. It's because that's just what people do there. So when you grow up, you develop, same thing with red and blue states. You, you're just exposed to a bunch of stuff and that stuff becomes your default programming. Now you can challenge that and maybe you either validate it or you, you change it. But if you just accept your default and you never, ever, ever question yourself. See, people say, don't question yourself. I question myself every day. I, I like the concept of two minds. One mind is observing the current mind and always asking like, is that the right decision? How would I feel if I was like me 20 years from now? And, you know, is what I believe accurate or am I not giving myself enough chance to think for myself? And I think I'm letting other people do the thinking for me. So for instance, I give you an example. Here's why people don't like rich people. Think of every What's your, what's your, what's your, one of the top things kids watch in terms of movies and TV when they're a kid? I don't know. I feel like a lot of kids will watch like more adult movies because they want to be a part of like the adult conversation. Well, well, what is the most, what is the biggest franchise right now that adults and kids love? And they, every time they release a movie, they go to the movie and they watch it. 
And it's like they're making the most movies of them right now. Shit, I don't even watch that much movies, so I wouldn't really know. <laughs> superhero movies. Okay, all right, yep. Okay, superhero. So every child loves superheroes, right? I mean, if a superhero movie comes out, almost every kid is going to watch it, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So think about superheroes, right? How often do you see the villain is rich and the hero is poor? Dr. Doom, net worth of like 500 billion or whatever. Um, Superman and Lex Luthor, right? Spider-Man and the Green Goblin. There's so many examples of the villain being rich and the hero being poor. And they frame the rich guys. But what about Batman? What about Tony Stark? Batman has no superpowers. Neither does Tony Stark. And both of them are painted as alcoholic womanizers. See? Okay. Dude, so think about that. Okay. So think about it. So if, if you go through life, right? And, and think about this. If everybody was rich and everybody tried to be an entrepreneur, what would happen to the economy? It would collapse. Yeah. It, would, it would be done. So society has to program you to, to be poor because, and, and society is okay with a few people. That's why they, you know, the 1%, a few people, you know, getting their way through almost like a sperm making its way to the freaking ovary. Okay. You, you know, you got one, right? That's fine. We're cool there, right? We need some investors. We need people to buy properties and provide housing. Okay, cool. But they don't want the masses to be successful because that just wouldn't work. So, Think of the movies, the TV, all the stuff you see out there that your children and you as a child were programmed to believe each and every day, right? The phrase is pipe dream. Where do the phrases pipe dream come from, right? Like, think about it. So you are programmed to have low expectations of yourself. You're programmed to play it safe. You're programmed to believe that rich people are bad. And here's the thing. If you are offended by something, you will never attain it. And so what happens is, is that we have a lens in which we see the world. And so if I say to you, hey, Jason, you can charge $10,000 for your product. The, your first instinct is, no, I can't. That's insane. Not you, but you know what I'm saying. Like, uh, like if you're, yeah, and instead of your first instinct being, hmm, well, you know, how would I do that? Or what would that look like? Most people are just like, I can't do that. Like, it's like, it's like taking your hand putting it on a hot stove, your immediate reaction is to pull it off. And so what happens is we don't ever open our minds up to figuring out the process because we spend 90% of our time just getting over the fact that it's even possible. And it happens even at a high level. You know what I'm saying? It happens at, at, at a super high level. So you got to think there was a day when Elon Musk was a kid and I am sure he said to somebody one day, I am going to put people on Mars. And he was probably laughed at. He was probably ridiculed. Now, he did not let that get to him. And he's about to put people on Mars. But think of the hundreds, the thousands, maybe the millions of Elon Musk's that when they were a kid, that was said to them. And they said, you know what? You're right. And what could have been ever happened. So unless, unless you learn how to, like you want to be successful, you, you got to learn how to think like somebody successful. And there's multiple things that, like we were just talking a minute ago, patience with ads. Like there's so many things, but it all comes back to that. 
I feel like I, I, I got away from your original question. Uh, no, 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 dude. No, I love going on different tangents. It's like, um, the other thing too is the thing that I've seen from my journey is that a lot of people will start something. And then, and the reason why I think I really broke out in the paid ads niche was because I was just willing to stick around and all, like stick around long enough to see a W. Cause there's so many people who I first started out with who were in the same niche, who were on Instagram, who I knew of, who were in these networks and they all like dropped off eventually because they just couldn't sustain or they just didn't have the mental capacity to stay around. You know and what that's I feel- called? What? Junkyard theory. I call it junkyard theory. Okay, so think about this. Let's say you decide to build your own car, right? You decide to build your own car and you run into a problem. And you go, ah, this car is too hard to build. So you set it aside and you get new plans for a new car and you start building a new car. And then you run into a different problem. Ah, okay, it's too hard. I'll, I'll get an easier car to build. And you get another car and you keep doing this. What do you eventually end up with? No car. I'm you end up eye. with a junkyard of cars <laughs> yeah. that don't run. And that's what people do in their businesses, in their funnels, in everything, yep. every day. Look, and I'll, and I'll be honest with you. And I want to hear what you were about to say, but let me just say this. The reason why I've been successful doing the same thing I've been doing for years, while, everybody, while everyone else is trying to find the easier way, I just decided to get good at the hard way. Yeah. That's it. And, that, and that's just like, that was for me just through like, testing, finding what works, willing to stick it out, not getting attached to spending money and just like literally just figuring it out. Like I was just willing to sit there and just figure shit out. If it was either a funnel or it was ads or it was, you know, getting on the phone, closing better, you know, building systems, all that kind of stuff. And I feel like people get a little bit of friction in their business and they're just like, oh, next thing. Like that's why I think most entrepreneurs can't get what they want because it is shiny object syndrome because they see this person doing like Amazon automation, this person doing Shopify, this person doing this. And they're just like, so attached to all these different outcomes and they really don't know what they want for themselves either. I feel like most people can't even like do anything because they don't actually know their purpose or their intention. They just want to make money and that's all they want. But little, you never commit to something that you don't have a passion. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. I just, I, I think, and I was saying this in one of my videos, like last week is I was talking about how I think most people who come into this whole niche of online entrepreneurship would just be better off working a nine to five. Cause I don't think they have the mental capacity. Um, because either they're like in the wrong place in life or they just really have bad money management. Like I've so many clients and in, in the past who have literally not been able to scale their business because they taste money and then they buy stupid shit with it. Like we've had clients drop us because like what we're doing is technically working. And then they're like, Oh, the leads are shit. And then they kick us out of the accounts and then they buy a Corvette next week. And like all these different things that I've seen. And it's just like, what the hell people just either have like the wrong intention they, they don't like to spend money. They don't have patience or like, they just simply don't have a proven business model. Like their foundation's just shit. Yeah. And it's just really interesting. So. And, well, and that's why I'm so passionate about teaching people how to think. Um, and I, I like to clarify not what to think, how to think. Um, but you know, it's because on all the coaching calls I've been on, I've all, I, I, at the end of the day, what's really driven the most results hasn't really been marketing advice that I've given. It's, I mean, it has, Sometimes, especially for my higher ticket clients where I like just plan out their whole copy and everything, but, but, um, you know, it's been their mindset. It's been the way they look at things. It's been the way they were, um, like, I'll give you a perfect example, right? If you're in a negative frame of mind, you can't make positive decisions. Um, and I, I, I and, and it happens to everybody. I'm not saying I'm, I'm perfect. Like I had a, um, I had a, a bad string of events happen 
with like everybody does recently. And I had, I had like a week where I was just down, I was negative and I was trying to solve some problems because I was in a negative mindset. I couldn't really solve problems and, and create positive outcomes because I was in a negative mindset. Well, my buddy, Myron, Myron Golden, I'm sure, you know, Myron, he came over to do this guest spot on one of our coaching programs and he comes in, he's super happy, right? He's super positive. And I was like, wow, this guy's, he's, he's on fire today, you know? So he's like, how are you doing, Dan? I was like, well, I got some problems here. I got some problems there, you know, and I've just been really down the past couple of weeks. And uh, he's like, oh, you know, that's, you know, that's terrible. And he's, he's, but he's like super positive. I say, you know, did you, did you, did you win the lottery or something or not that you need it, but did you, did, did you know what, what's going on? And he's like, no, actually my dad died two days ago. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, your dad, and I know his dad, you know, and, and I was like, your dad died two days ago. I, you know, and after I was like, that's terrible and, and offered my condolences, I, I was like, how are you so positive? And he says, well, he says, you know, my dad lived to be 87 years old. And I can tell you that if I let his death affect me like that and put me in a negative mind frame and, and really bring me down, he would be disappointed. And I don't want to disappoint my dad. And when I heard him say that, and I'm sitting here in my mind thinking like, I got these like little bullshit problems and I'm all mopey over here. And this man just had his father that he's had his whole life die. And he's positive. And it, it kind of like reframed my mindset. And then I made some decisions and then the decisions I made were like amazing and, it, and solved all my problems. And, and because I got back into that positive mindset and you, you cannot create a positive outcome if you're in a negative state. And so if you're always thinking, oh, why won't this work? Or this is bad, or blah, blah, blah. but to, to your point about the passion and, and if you get a bump in the road and you don't have passion for something, you're not going to, you're not going to get over that bump because you're not going to care enough to overcome it. And so a lot of times people, they see what other people do and they try to model it or copy it. And the problem with that is you will copy someone else's passion. And if you don't have that passion, they're willing to go through the, the fire. They're willing to get through the bumps in the road. You're not willing to do that because you're copying someone else's passion. What you have to do is find your zone of genius, take that and run with it. The reason why, dude, I suck at econ. I'm not going to lie to you. I suck at e-commerce, right? I think like, I hate doing e-commerce. I hate it. I, I had a six figure t-shirt store back in the day, but then we had issues where like these Chinese sellers came and copied my stuff and hijacked my listing. And I just didn't want to deal with it. Like, I don't like e-commerce. I like to speak. I like to motivate. I like to talk. So what I did was I went, I said, okay, that is what I like to do. I like to talk. People always tell me I never shut up. So I went, I took speaking courses. I read books on speaking. See, here I go. Blah, blah, blah. But I, I said, okay, how do I take my passion, my zone of genius talking? And I turn and I refine that and turn it into something that can make millions of dollars. And that's why people, well, oh, webinars don't work anymore. Bullshit. Your webinar sucks. That's why it doesn't work anymore. My webinar still makes millions of dollars to this day. It's still our number one driver because it's not shitty. Yours is shitty because because you haven't you either you either haven't committed to it to making it good. You know, like I found my zone of genius. I like to speak, so I nurtured that. And all this 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 work that that see that's the problem with the industry. the The entire concept of does this work anymore or does that work anymore? If you are even asking that question, you're fucked. You're completely fucked because you just missed the entire point of everything. 
It's what is working for you? How are you making it work? How can I continue to make millions of dollars with webinars and you can't? Okay. How? You know, now that now not, that that brings me to the next question. Why do you think that though? Is it like is it the offer? Is it the way they package it? Is it their tonality on the webinar? Is it the curiosity? Is it the mechanism? Like, why do people's webinars flop? Let's dive into that. Okay, so let me ask you a question. If you write a good song, great lyrics, right? You still need a band that plays it good. If they're out of tune, the song's going to suck, right? If the singer doesn't have energy, could be singing the same. You could hear Aretha Franklin sing something, and then you hear, you know, karaoke night. It's the same song. Which one's better? Yeah, the original. Aretha Franklin. Yeah, okay. So here's the thing. When you say all, it's all of that, right? You have the band, you have the music, you have the lyrics, you have, I mean, if you go to a, 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 a show and you have a great band, but the sound guys set up this shitty sound system and it's all echoey, it's going to suck. Okay. So the biggest and most important one generally is the offer. Okay. That is all. Because you can have a shitty everything else, and if the offer's good, it'll still work. I've done like consulting days where um, I had a client. He was stuck at 150 grand a month. Um, he he bought some consulting, and all I did was tell him how to tweak his offer. That was it. I didn't look at his funnels. I didn't look at his ads. Nothing. I just told. And four months later, he was at 750 a month. And every time I get I get him on a like a live or something, and he's like. All Dan did was fix my offer. That was it. And that changed everything. <laughs> okay. Like, so that, that literally is the number one thing. But at the same time, your funnel's got to work. You know how many people I know that actually have decent webinars, but because they don't know how to properly set up their funnels, the shit's all fucked up. And, and it, you know, or, or they're technically good and they can set it all up, but they don't know what to say in the webinar. Or, you know what? I, I, I've had clients who, they do decent 20 to 50 grand a month. They're closing over DM or whatever, but they're like, they're not scaling because they don't have a system set up. They don't have a system. They don't have Calendly and book calls and all. They don't have any of that. And I, Oh, when are you getting it set up? Here's, here's the stuff. Oh, I, I, I'll do it later. I'll do it next week. I'm busy, you know? Um, and, and it's, it's like, they just don't get it done. So there's multiple reasons. And they all work together, but it, it, float, it flows from the offer. I, I always say the, it starts with the offer, right? If nobody wants what you, you have, then it ain't going to sell. Then it's, it's what you say and how you say it. So it's your offer, what you say, and how you say it. Uh, how, are you, you, how are you strengthening your offer the best? Because I know a lot of people who will literally just uh, basically tweak it by having like a guarantee with a result-driven like, like specificity, like uh, I guarantee you 40 to 50 booked appointments a week guaranteed or your money back something like that. Yeah, that so like yeah that that means you're late too lazy to make a good product so you have to throw out this ridiculous guarantee yeah. as a hail mary that that's you like this Ugh, lobbing it that's a half court shot all the way down i have i've done 25 million dollars and i've never had to, i've never had to guarantee some some ridiculous stuff like that because you know I've, I know what I'm doing. I've built my company up where my clients get amazing results. And I just say, listen, if, if hundreds and hundreds of people get access to the same thing you get and they can do it, right? Yeah. And you can't, at this point, whose fault do you think that is? Okay. 
Like, let's just be honest. I didn't just start yeah. this shit yesterday. We have 1,100 high ticket clients. I've made multiple millionaires, hundreds of people at, at six and multiple six figures. Like, and these are people from all walks of life and not, not, dude, they're, they're not all geniuses. Okay. Like, let's just call it as it is. I'm from Florida. I, 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 I'm seven year pizza boy, Florida. Like, I'm not, I, I drop out of college. Like, don't tell me that you need to be like, oh, I'm not smart enough or something. You know, the, at a certain point, it's you, you know? Yeah. And so um, I don't like to sell like that because what happens if, if you pay me a bunch of money and then you don't do your part? How, how do I know you're going to do your part? And you know that with working with clients, yeah. you know? So I'm, I mean, I know I'll do my part. I've been doing my part for five years and I've proven it. Regardless of what love me or hate me, how the, how the fuck do I keep producing people that make millions of dollars if I suck? Okay, you yeah. can hate me all you want, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because, you know, I, look, there's people that hate Grant Cardone, but the dude's balling. Yeah, you know I, what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I mean, what do you want? Like, he gets under my skin sometimes, but I still have to say, man, you know, yeah. it's good. That's, that's what he's trying to do. He's, yeah, guy's a fucking genius. It's yeah, like, he, is. Uh, he is. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, that I, if that answers your question no oh, yeah of course it is yeah and then the last one i had for you um was about uh, obviously like coaches and what's like the one untapped strategy right now that that they can implement now i know you're saying like oh like even if i tell them they probably won't do it but like what is the one thing right now that <laughs> that you know could be implemented right now and could get them booked calls right now so specifically what could get them booked calls yeah like, and it doesn't have to be paid ads. It could be organic, but like, what's the one thing that people aren't doing enough of? What? God, everything. Uh, <laughs> um, what's the one thing people, uh, well, can I give you a few answers? Cause it really does depend yeah, yeah. on their, yeah, of on course. their okay. so if you're running ads specifically, cause ads is a whole thing, right? Like, and, and I've, I piss off all the ad guys because most ad guys are what I call um, uh, uh, keyboard jockeys, right? Or, or sorry, da dashboard jockeys, right? Mm -hmm. they, they go in the dashboard and all they talk about is my CPM and my second, you know, uh, the, the, we're going to layer 1% lookalike audiences yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we're going to guess what, assholes? But you know what? Yeah. You know what's crazy is that I don't do any of that shit either. And not because I'm an ad guy, but because if the offer's strong enough, it doesn't matter what fucking ads we're running. They always Dude, fucking perform. I've never done any of that crazy. I, I met a guy at a conference once and he's like, we spend a dollar a campaign and we duplicate it 10,000 times. And then we and that's how we spend $10,000 a day. And I'm like, fuck that, dude. That's, that's insane. I said, I, I don't want to do that. You know what I do? I come up with good ads and then I just yeah. press random buttons. I, that's an exaggeration, but I press very simple buttons like conversion campaign, retarget with some good and just good ads, like really, yeah. really good ads. So I'll, can I give you an example? Uh, would you, you want me to break down a campaign that uh, 15 grand in, 850 grand out? Yeah. Okay. So you, uh, I, I did this event called the Razor Prices Challenge, right? Now you got to think, right? There's a lot of coaches out there teaching how to sell high ticket. 90% of them took my course and made a watered down fucking version of it. So, I mean, if you want the watered down, you know, you guys go for it. But um, 
the the and that does piss me off about this industry. I'll I'll have somebody come in and pay me money, and they have a fitness offer. Two months later, they how to get clients. They go out, they sell a shitty version of it because they have no passion for it, and then we get on call and they're like, well, Dan, there's so many options. What about this person, that person, that motherfucker, those are all my clients that didn't even know what the fuck they were doing two months ago. What do you mean? <laughs> you know? So, so, so that's annoying, but whatever, you know? So here's what I did. Right. I was like, okay. I was like, I'm going to do this challenge. We do a five day challenge, raise your prices challenge. So it's not nothing. It's not nothing like crazy. Right. You know, people are doing that. It's still saturated because that's the number one thing. Oh, it's saturated. So what I did was I said, okay, how can I really stand out? How can I really get people to be like, okay, I need to pay attention. So ever since I bought that yacht, people have always said, oh, you should, you should like, oh, you know, like they, they send memes from boats and hose from stepbrothers. Mm-hmm. And so I had this idea, right? So I hired a, I hired a guy who, uh, I hired Joey Yak, who's a great, like, uh, he's great at coming up with ideas and he's a uh, rapper and he makes rap songs. And then I hired a guy that does seven dust, uh, music videos. He does, he, he had just done a music video for seven dust and we went on the boat. We hired some uh, female models and we did a complete parody music video of boats and hose from step the movie step brothers, but mm-hmm. we called it book and clothes. Yeah. Okay. I saw that ad, by the way. That was genius. Right. Okay. Right. So, so that cost me about ten grand in production, and it was hilarious. Right. So we run ads. We spend about it was either fifteen or eighteen, but whatever. Right. Like I can't remember which one. Let's just say eighteen. Right. So let's just so total all together twenty eight grand. We sell forty five grand in tickets, so automatically I'm 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 at a ROI that most people would be happy with. You know, just that, right? I get people to the challenge, and I do my thing. I pitch. I do eight hundred thousand in sales. Okay, and I'm talking cash collected. I'm not talking this revenue bullshit. Oh, I had a million dollar day and I collected four hundred grand. No, fuck you. You didn't have a million dollar day, asshole. You you you. You're, you're, you're about to go into collections. That's what yeah. you're about to do. You're about, you're, you're about to fire up that Dunning sequence. Okay. Don't give me that bullshit. So, so, so I, I, you know, collected, okay. 800 grand. So why did that work? Dude, all I did was turn on fucking campaign conversions, buy ticket, go. Right. And then my media buyers did their thing. Right. And, and, and we kept it simple. And why do you think that worked? Do you think it worked because of the buttons? No, it worked because it was a good ad and it was fucking funny and it entertained people. And the people that never saw Step Brothers were highly offended and thought I was like a true bro marketer, which that was even funnier. And, and then people would comment and they'd be like, dude, it's, it's a parody. And they were, you know, and um, that's why it worked, not because of what buttons I pressed. So I think what happens is people get too hung up in. It, like, okay, I used to own a bar and I used to tell my bartenders, you are not a bartender. You are an entertainer that happens to pour drinks. You are an entertainer first, a bartender second. Because if you don't entertain people, they don't stay. And if they don't stay, you don't pour drinks, you don't bartend. <laughs> so, so the thing is, I think most people, they're always worried about the ad you know, every week it's like, oh, what, what new ads strategy can I do? Make better fucking ads, asshole. Like that's the only ad strategy. It's the same thing. I've run ads the same way. Oh, iOS 14, 
Stop with that shit. I don't yeah. want to hear your bullshit excuses about iOS 14. That shit happened when iOS 14 came out. Well, what, you think that mattered? No. Okay. So I think the thing is people don't explore their creativity. They don't explore their, their um, passion. If you're a good speaker, if you're funny, if you're good at emotional content, if you're good at motivation, maybe you're good at, um, um, I mean, I've seen ads where people will come up with these amazing quotes and they'll like move the cards, you know, and they'll grab each card. Like, what are you good at? What, what have people said to you in your life? Like, like people say to me, Dan, I can always count on you to blank or that's just Dan or what, like, what is that thing? And how can you use that and make that your ad? How can you let, like, I've, I like doing funny, crazy stuff. My dad was a shock jock in the eighties. I like wild and crazy humor and pushing the limits. Mm-hmm. Somebody else might have, have, look at Sam ovens. People say yeah. Sam is, is so boring. Really? <laughs> Well, the dude created this amazing character that you may call boring, but it's super entertaining for some reason. And that's the thing, you know, like that's his thing, you know? So people, so the problem is people are so focused on systems and they're not focused on the skills that they can fill the system with. You got to develop the skills before you use the system. No, I definitely agree with that. And it's like um, a, a lot of people will get on the phone with us and are like, oh, like, why are you guys different from another ad agency? Like, why, like, what kind of campaigns do you set up? I'm like, listen, if your video ads are good enough and the copy, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, if, you, if you're willing to spend the money and get good video ads done, then you're going to get better results. Like, it's not always about like this campaign and the way you do this attribution and like all these bid cap and all this other shit. Yes. You could save money by using those things. I get that. But at the same time, if you have a really good ad, like, why do you think Ty Lopez's shit worked so well? Like the here in my garage ad, that's like one of the most famous ads on the internet. Yeah. And it's because yeah. it got the most hate, like the ads yeah. well, that get the most about it. and attention. You got to think about what that ad was. So, and when it was so, so prior. And by the way, uh, I love I love Ty, but fuck you for ruining Lamborghinis, um, <laughs> uh, uh, dude. I always wanted a Lamborghini. When I finally got one, it's like you're a douchebag. That shit did not happen until Ty did that. Okay, you we were still cool until that fucking ad. But so 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 he um, at that point, if you had a Lamborghini, right? If you had a Lamborghini, nobody, you didn't go online and show it off. It just wasn't something people did. You were just this rich guy who owned a Lamborghini and that was it. Well, he goes on and I don't even know if he owned at that time. I don't know if he owned the car. At least it doesn't matter. He goes on and he's like, here, my God, he was the first dude to literally show a Lamborghini on camera on the internet. And that's why it blew up. Now everybody's doing it, but, but, but look at Grant Cardone. You can fake a Lamborghini, but you can't fake a jet. He's, he's the first guy to, 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 but it's so funny because every ad you see from Grant Cardone, it's like, it's like he's in love with that jet. I mean, he's just yeah. like, I got a jet. I got a jet. I got a jet. And you know what? Milk it, man. Go for yeah. it. You know? So I, I also, I also like the other angle he uses where he's like, you don't want to be the guy who flies it. And the guy's literally right there. Cause like, it's, it, it's like a nine to fiver. And like, he's literally like talking <laughs> shit about the pilot. I'm like, dude, that's so terrible. That's a bad funny. idea. Yeah. <laughs> 
They, what he doesn't know is just that his life fucked, his wife fucked the football team that morning, and this just put him over the edge, and he were about to go down like that. <laughs> but uh, um, so 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 here's the thing: is is like but like how many people do you see do do uh, parodies of music videos as an app, or uh, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't happen. Like Billy Jean, kind of, but that's why Billy Jean does so well because he creates these crazy freaking things you know um so i'm i'm just really like i love that type of stuff so i like to do that you know um i will i will tell you can i touch on the webinar thing okay so the reason why webinar okay do you know that there are three people in the music industry that write 95% of all the songs that you hear by pop stars. There's three people. So when you hear a song from, I'm, I'm not, I'm gonna say Britney and Beyonce and Christina Aguilera because I'm, I haven't been listening to pop the past 10 years. So I'm just gonna use them. But every time they sing a song, it's these three uh, songwriters. And they're like, okay, this one will be good for Britney. This one will be good for Christina. This one will be good for Beyonce. And they write them. Why do you think the same three songwriters write most of the songs for the pop industry. Why do you think that is? Well, I think just because they own the space more, they have more leverage. Because writing a great song is really hard and it's a really unique talent. And there's just not that many people out there that can write a great song. Yeah. So these three people are good at it. So they write most of the songs. So like, you know, it's very hard, hard to write a hit song. So if you want hit song after hit song, you have to keep going back to the same people that can reproduce these songs that these artists can, because like, look, these artists, they have to be in shape. They have to know how to dance. They have to know how to perform. They have to go and do these tours. They have, they have, they have to focus on that. Just like a business owner has to focus on their business and what they do. The songwriters create the songs and that's why they work. So like, I, I hate to say this because it sounds cocky, but the reason your webinar doesn't work is because I didn't make it. That's the reason. Because I, and not just me, but other people in the space who are, I hate to break it to you, but all the big eight figure guys, we're still using webinars. We're all using webinars still. Yeah. Unless we do it for you, or unless you're, we teach you how to do it and you do the work and you show up, you're, it's gonna, that most webinars aren't going to work because they fucking suck. Just like most songs suck. But you have a hit songwriter that consistently produces hit songs. If they write your song, right? Or if they teach you how to do it, whatever, then it's going to work. But I think what happens is most people, they, they, they oh, I'm going to run a webinar. They don't put effort into creating a good webinar. And they're like, webinars don't work. So let me create a $37 offer and run ads to that and upsell them. Oh, let me take them to a Facebook group and spam the fuck out of them and bother them all day. And that'll work. Guess what? None of that shit's going to work either. You know why that stuff doesn't work for you? Because if you're too lazy to create a great webinar, you're going to be too lazy to hire a team of setters and train them and manage them. You're going to be too lazy to create a good 37. What do you think a $37 offer is that that goes into a high take. It's a fucking webinar. It's a good webinar, but it's a webinar. And guess what? All those people doing that, you know what, what comes after the $37 offer is a webinar. So don't tell me this bullshit about webinar. 
webinars don't work. So let me show you my system in which we essentially use two webinars to sell our stuff. <laughs> don't get out of here with that shit. Okay. Yeah. I just like to create webinars so good that I don't have to mess around with that. I can just go add to webinar and make the sale and be done with it. So now uh, the last question I have for you, because um, it, it's like you do a webinar, but like, what do you like? Do you believe in VSLs or do you think the webinar is the same thing as a VSL? Because I, I hear both terms. I know what they are, but why do you think one might be better than the other? Or is it, it doesn't really matter? Uh, I mean, uh, to me, a, a VSL is just a short webinar. Um, and it, it, it depends. It, it depends on your offer. It depends on with a VSL or a case study, you're going to get way more volume of calls, but they may, and I say may be lower, uh, be less qualified than a webinar. Cause when they get through a webinar, they've been qualified. It's like, listen, don't book a call unless blah, blah, blah. And unless you resonate. So you get more qualified calls, but you do tend to get less calls than a VSL because it's shorter and more people see the offer and more people take it. Um, it depends. I've had clients that put together a simple VSL or a case study. They hit hundred grand a month and then they say, well, Dan, I think it's time for a webinar. I'm like, why do you think that? And they're like, well, because we're at hundred grand a month with a VSL or a case study. And I'm like, well, do you have a problem? See, here we go back to how to think. Well, do you have a problem? Well, no. Well, so what's preventing you from getting the 150 or 200? Are your calls not calls not qualified? No, they're actually really qualified. So send more traffic, <laughs> right? And they're like, "Well, I'm like, why don't you just spend more on ads? Like, what's your cost per call? Yeah. Oh, 200 bucks. What's your close rate? 40. percent So why don't you just spend more on ads? Well, I don't, I don't know. I just, I thought, I thought I should have a budget. I'm like, you want a budget? How much money you can make? You know, like, like people do this. Yeah. And, and and I'm like, I'm like, why do you think? you need a webinar well i'm like the only reason you would need a webinar is to increase the qualification on your calls if you already have a vsl that's working do you need that well no so what the fuck are you doing Spend i think i think that. they're just addicted to the newness of it because they're like oh this thing's working like i'll try this too because that sounds sexy and that sounds like fun because i'm bored i i think that's like a real thing too right well well doing the uh, oftentimes the, the most profitable thing is the thing with the least sexy sexiness you know, like Mike Tyson said, when you, when you embrace the hard thing, the thing that you're supposed to hate, the thing that sucks and you learn to love it, that's how you become a champion. Because nobody wants to get up at 7 a.m. and drink two disgusting raw eggs and go run 10 miles and then go to the gym and box and then go lift weights and then go strap up with trash bags around their, their arms and legs and run again to cut weight. Nobody wants to do that. But if you want a belt wrapped around your waist, you have to do that. So you can either force yourself to do it or you can learn to love it because you can't, it's hard to do something you don't love. See, that's the thing. One of the things that I like to teach people is how to learn to love things, how to make things that you traditionally would not like, how to make them fun, how to make them something that you enjoy doing, because you, you can't force yourself to do something. You just have to learn how to make yourself feel like doing it. And the you know, the, the thing is, is that a lot of people have very simple things that stand in their way and they have fear. I, I mean, they have fear of success. They have fear of growing. They have fear of, of, of more people seeing it, you know? And it's like, you know, the, the thing about it, about confidence, a lot of it is confidence. What if I told you that it's impossible to build confidence? 
people, any, any motivational guru that tells you that you can build confidence or how to build confidence is full of shit. Yeah. You know why? Yeah. It's not hard. It's impossible. You can't build, you can't manufacture confidence. There's only one way to build confidence. And that is by building competence. If you build competence, confidence naturally comes. Don't tell me that you can step in the ring and, and be, and, and, and you've never fought before ever. And you're going to go in and you're going to have the same confidence as if you had 20 fights and you've knocked out 15 people. You're going to have way more confidence. Don't tell me that you just get out of medical school and it's your first brain surgery as a neurosurgeon. You're going to have the same confidence as when you have a thousand surgeries under your belt. No. But the thing is, is if you, that, if that lack of confidence stops you from creating competence, then you will never have confidence because the only thing that creates confidence, uh, confidence is increased competence. It's getting better at what you do and doing the steps to get better at it and, and, and making it better. You cannot create something great if you're not okay with it being shitty at first. Because then it'll never start and you'll never create competence and competence will never flow. I agree with that, man. So I'll wrap it up with that, man. I appreciate having you on. It's been dope. I want to talk to you after this, but um, yeah, man. Um, I'll put your links and stuff down below and then yeah, man, I really appreciate having you yeah, on. It was a great I mean, discussion. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Links just, I mean, I, all my, all my marketing stuff's on getclients.com. We got the blog, we got my book that you can pick up. We got, you know, just all that stuff. Um, and then, um, and this is a passion project. Uh, if you're struggling in life, if you're, if you lack confidence, if you have imposter syndrome, if you feel like you could make better decisions and you feel like it's yourself holding you back or what I like to call your enemy within that voice inside your head that tells you, you can't do it. You're not good enough. You're too young. You're too old. You're not experienced enough. Whatever bullshit excuses are inside your head. That's, that's what I call your enemy within. Uh, you know, if you're interested in defeating that enemy within um, you can go to how to think.com sign up for our waiting list. And that's dude, that's, it costs nothing. It's super cheap. It's really just me trying to give back and I'm not, I'm not going to you know, make millions and millions of dollars. I mean, I probably will eventually, but I'm not, that's yeah. not going to change my life. You know, it's, it's, it's really just something for me to be able to help everyone and not just help people that can afford high ticket business stuff, you know? So that's, th that means a lot to me to, uh, to spread the word about that. So, and I appreciate coming on here, Jason. It's fun. Yeah. I like, I like jamming with you. I like vibing. Yeah. With you. No, man, this is dope. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks bro. I appreciate it.